You're listening to Once, episode 119, Ariel. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. We are so thankful to have you listening to the podcast. And thank you for voting for us, assuming you're doing so, in the podcast awards. I'll tell you more about how you can continue voting for us later on in the episode. But for now, let's focus on discussing this episode, Ariel, which we've rewatched now and have some great information to share with you. First of all... Mermaids! <laughs> That's important. Wow. Jenny, Had to get you that liked out. this episode? Yep. A mermaid. Yeah. There's a lot different about this episode of Once Upon a Time from the actual story by Hans Christian Andersen. No. Yeah. Again, of course, like Once many Upon other a things, Time, tell a story differently. Well, like many things, Disney has Disney-fied it. And once upon a time, then merged what we know. And they onceify it <laughs> with the original story and mix it up a little bit. Like the names Ariel and Ursula weren't actually in the story. What in the original story by Hans Christian Andersen? Well, they should have been. It was just the Little Mermaid oh. and the Sea Witch. Hmm. And in fact, in this episode of Once Upon a Time, they changed the Sea Witch into the Sea Goddess, which almost makes her sound like maybe a good person-ish maybe not i don't don't know know. if you could call her a person yeah or a entity entity i like it and there are some really interesting things i had a chance to read the little mermaid story and do a little research on it um the the mermaid this one i did read the little mermaid long time ago at least part of it oh cool the actual hans christian anderson yes cool did you read it when he wrote it yes cool i helped him the mermaids live about 300 years or so, and when they die, th- this is from the original story, when they die, they just turn into foam in the ocean and their soul basically ceases to exist. But humans, according to the story, have souls, and it's an eternal soul that goes to heaven, according to the story by Hans Christian Andersen. So what Ariel wanted is not only the man that she fell in love with because she did rescue him from the shipwreck and all of that. That happened Mm. according to the story. But she also wanted an eternal soul. So that's why she made this deal and drank this potion from the sea witch. But hear what the sea witch says about this. And she had a lot more time than the Disney version, the three days sort of thing. Right. Or third sunset, whatever it was. But here's what the sea witch said. After the sun comes up tomorrow, a whole year would have to go by before I could be of any help to you. I shall compound you a draught, and before sunrise, you must swim to the shore with it. Seat yourself on dry land and drink the draught down. Then your tail will divide and shrink until it becomes what the people on earth call a pair of shapely legs. But it will hurt. (laughs) It will feel as if a sharp sword slashed through you. Mm -hmm. Everyone who sees you will say that you are the most graceful human being they have ever laid eyes on, for you will keep your gliding movement and no dancer will be able to tread as lightly as you. 
but every step you take will feel as if you were treading upon knife blades so sharp that blood must flow. I am willing to help you, but are you willing to suffer all this? Yikes. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I remember. That's why Disney <laughs> I'd forgotten some of it. <laughs> Disney fied it. And in fact, the producers basically said that the actual Little Mermaid story is a bit too tragic. So that's why they came up with this Ariel character and changed the story to have a happy ever after. Because the original story, sorry, spoiler alert here. The original story, Ariel doesn't get her happy ever after necessarily. She doesn't get to be with the prince. The prince falls in love with a girl he thought rescued him. And he marries that girl. And because he marries that girl before Ariel could win his love, because Ariel did lose his voice, or the Little Mermaid, (laughs) that is, lost her voice. Because of that, Ariel, the Little Mermaid, was going to die. But instead of just outright dying and becoming foam in the ocean, her spirit went on to kind of a sort of heaven thing because she had done (laughs) good works in her life. Sort of heaven thing. And it's, it's really quite different from this and it's a much more tragic yeah story but some correlations with this and of course connections with the disney version but anyway with all that background for you let's start our discussion in enchanted forest with snow meeting ariel what have you guys got to say about this when when we first get to see snow running from the guards and meeting ariel for the first time Snow reminded me of Emma, of <laughs> everything mm-hmm. before she jumped off the cliff, the way she was talking and acting. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sound. I could see Emma doing the whole scene. Mm-hmm. From the really to not going to happen. Yeah. One of the interesting little tidbits from this small scene when she first jumps off the cliff is that the guards said, you're a long way from home. So this isn't just a part of the Enchanted Forest. This must be somewhere far off. Because after all, Prince Eric is a prince in this land. Oh, right. Which there's some idea that maybe it's a familiar kingdom, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But timeline-wise, this happens uh, after Snow has met Prince Charming, and that was confirmed by um, Adam Horowitz on Twitter. This... uh, Adam Horowitz said on Twitter that this takes place between the episodes Snow Falls and 7.15 a.m. as far as what happens in the background, in the um, storyline. So this is after Snow has met Prince Charming, but before she's had the whole breakup experience with Charming. So this is while she's still thinking, there's this Prince Charming out there and oh. I'm going to marry him someday. That how she sounds? <laughs> uh, probably in her spare time <laughs> she sounds that way. <laughs> And tie this together timeline-wise with something else that's probably happening around the same time. Belle and Rumpelstiltskin in Enchanted Forest. Remember, Regina came to Rumpelstiltskin to announce Belle's death. And she said, I want to ask you about the particular, uh, about the whereabouts of a particular mermaid. So that probably happened right before this. Well, he didn't help her. He said, go away. I didn't want to help you today or something. Yeah. So you're thinking she was, she saw the mirror and then she was looking for the mermaid so she could find snow. That's what I'm thinking. So it's it's basically around the same time, probably. But then maybe she just, 
has a lot of dealings with mermaids. <laughs> well, mermaids can't be trusted, as we learn later on. So who wants to deal with someone who's untrustworthy? Who did the stunts in the cliff diving scene? <laughs> because rewatching it, oh, and I was not the only one who said this, looking at our chat room, Ariel seemed to have man hands and arms, <laughs> but not through the rest of the episode. Like, did they just throw a guy in there to grab snow out of the water? Well, what's cool, and I learned this, uh, one of our listeners emailed us, and I'll try and find the name while I'm mentioning this, but there are, this sounds funny, there are professional mermaids out there who do this kind of thing, that they either act in I wish special I was water one. shows. <laughs> I'd love to be a mermaid, professionally. <laughs> or, or just mermaid arms. <laughs> Eden serene is uh, her husband emailed us and they both love once upon a time and she's a professional mermaid <laughs> you can look her up if you'd like but um so yeah there are maybe stunt type people or these professional mermaids types that fill in for scenes like this that's funny I thought you meant like who was doing the jumping for snow. Maybe some guy had to dress up as snow. (laughs) No, not for snow. Well, that could have happened too, I guess. When snow and Ariel were on the shore, which by the way, familiar set as when uh, the Jolly Roger, before it was the Jolly Roger. um, I had to think for a moment. Did I just say Jolly Rancher? But when the Jolly Roger, before it was the Jolly Roger, was in Neverland Harbor. Yes. It was the same harbor, but, uh, or similar kind of view, but it had water just and a beach. Using it. No, I don't know. It looked, I don't know. I was going to say it looked familiar, but I'm not sure about that. It looked good. <laughs> when Ariel poured out her little collection of things, <laughs> I tried to look at, is there anything interesting in there? And it's kind of difficult to see. Did you have a, a smoking pipe in there? I don't think so. It's it's hard to see with the rocks, and there was so much motion with the camera. The motion blur kind of hides some Excuses. of it. Excuses. But there was something that looked like glasses, maybe fancy glasses, or maybe a watch. But no, it wouldn't be a watch. They didn't have watches back then. Uh, there were uh, some random things, like a shell. Not much of definite importance that I could see, other than the paper that was the invitation to the ball. They didn't have watches. An enchanted forest. Oh, but that's not so much a back like then. Wristwatches. No. Wrist oh, that watches. kind of watch. I was going to yeah. say when you said watch, I just pictured a pocket watch. Okay, gotcha. Were there any dingle hoppers there? Not there. <laughs> <laughs> Later, I got to be featured prominently, but at least not here. And. I think that the way that Ariel describes Ursula and what Ursula does is interesting. Well, for one thing, we now have a creature, a character in Once Upon a Time that is, as far as we know, maybe the oldest character, Ursula. Maybe. No one has seen her in a thousand years. So if that's an accurate number and not just an exaggeration, she's at least a thousand years old. So how old is Rule Gorm? Well, yeah, we don't know that. We know that Rule Gorm was called the original magic, so that could mean, of course, older. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way of saying older than dirt. 
That could have nothing to do with like goddesses, though. What do you mean? The Magic. Age? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you're saying Ursula could still be older anyway? I don't know what point I was making, actually. <laughs> so Ursula, out of the kindness of her heart, grants this thing that at the highest tide of the year, until the next high tide, so uh, that they can the merm people can walk on land, that is, it could be as short as 12 hours, it can be a few days, depends on the region, depends on the tides, depends on the moon position, everything like that, because the tides are really affected by all of this celestial stuff going on, space stuff, you know, <laughs> and... Uh, so the duration of this could have been that maybe Ariel was already able to walk around on land for a couple days or a day or a few hours, or maybe this is her only chance. I was, she- I was thinking it was her only chance. Seemed like it. Because she said, I, I mean, it made me think that they get 12 hours each year once, like in one day mm-hmm. to walk on land. They can't pick well, yeah, very it, small window. She said there were twelve hours until the next high tide, so it, it could go either way. That maybe she only gets twelve hours, or maybe she's had a few days and no, she only has twelve not hours this left. Year. She, said, she said the highest tide, right? It's when, during the, the highest tide. It's once a year, right? Yeah, once a year during the so highest tide. Once a year during the highest tide, they get twelve hours until you know. They get 12 hours, and that's it, until yeah. the next highest tide. Yeah, that's that's that, what I got from it. That's probably, because that's, I think, the straightforward understanding of it. That's probably the direction they're going, but it could be longer because wow. of the way tides work in, in different regions and such. But in, uh, in the original The Little Mermaid, the way this worked is that when a mermaid turned 15 they were allowed to swim to the surface to watch the world above. And the little mermaid got to hear all of this stuff from her older sisters who got to swim to the surface. So it was when Ariel or the little mermaid as the original story calls her went to the surface when she was old enough, then she saw the shipwreck or she saw Eric fell in love with him. Yeah. But shipwreck. She saved Eric, all of that. She said that saving people is what she does. Hmm. So I saved him. I do that. About a year ago, <laughs> she said. It was so probably not before the last highest tide of the year, but she said about a year ago or almost a year ago. Well, she hasn't seen him since, so I'd mm-hmm. say that's a safe assumption. You think so? You think she hasn't been watching? I don't know what she's been doing. Sea? He's not met her. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Although she has been afraid this whole time. And it was when her fins touched the ground. That she turned, her fins turned into legs. Yeah, I noticed that too. And which which makes sense then later on when it's when she jumps back into the water to save snow that she instantly turns back into a mermaid with Mm -hmm. fins. So I think it's kind of like that splash sort of thing, which has been mentioned in Once Upon a Time before, where when she gets wet, she turns into a mermaid. Or when (laughs) she's on land and dries out, she's... Got legs. That reminds me of another mermaid show I watched and enjoyed. It's really silly, but I liked it. <laughs> H2O. Just add water. Mm. It's a mermaid I show. Love it. Don't recall. That's okay. It's like a teen girl show. Well, then I'm <laughs> proud that I don't recall. 
Well, I've watched it twice now. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I wonder if there's another hidden reference here to another movie in the Under the Sea Ball. Did that remind you of anything? I don't know. I was thinking of Back to the Future. <gasps> oh. Yes, it just came into my head the moment you said it. But there's also Under the Sea, yeah. Under the Sea, Darling, it's the better, down where it's redder. Which I really wanted to hear them say some lyric from Disney's The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Like, they said they several of them. Ursula said well, oh, a yeah, lot of yeah, her. Regina Ursula said yeah. a lot of her lines. Well, I was thinking like from one of those songs, like Darling, it's better, down where it's wetter. Oh. Uh, there was like, something, but, but there I were forget. lines like Under the Sea. I loved the less wet line (laughs) that snow i mean that ariel ariel said to snow about eric less wet it's funny i think we should start calling forks mini tridents (laughs) just in general (laughs) well that makes me wonder is in this story is ariel still the daughter of the sea king or um he's also called the mer king his name Why is not? King Triton. Yeah. Triton. And then the city of Mer. Atlantia? Oh. Atlantica. Atlantica? Yeah. Which I know in one of our past episodes where we shared feedback, I thought that was a typo when someone said, well, we get to see Atlantica. And I said Atlantis because I thought that's what they meant <laughs> no. to say. But uh, so my apologies for correcting that typo when it didn't need to be corrected in one of our episodes past. But someone wanted to see Atlantica. So. I wonder if we're going to see it. It was just a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so their dresses were weird. I did not like that dress. I mean, like, the dress... That is sorry. not a ball gown. That sorry. is the opposite of a ball gown. The dress that Ariel came to land on, I didn't like that one. Oh. I did like their dresses, though. At the ball? At the ball, I did oh. like the dresses. I thought they were strange. Well, they were pretty... Mainly Ariel's, because I was like, I don't know. It looked like it was Short caught on something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that's okay. Some interesting decorations, though, in the castle. We got this email in from Rene saying, While Ariel and Snow entered the ballroom in Eric's castle, I noticed the symbol that was on the wall they passed by. A round symbol with a bird, maybe a phoenix. And... After that, I started to recognize the room they were in. It looked familiar. It made me think of the ballroom in the Miller's Daughter episode. I rewatched that episode, and in the scene where young Cora meets young Ava, I saw the same symbol with a phoenix-shaped bird at the place of the statue. There was the entrance... I'm sorry. Let me read that again. I saw the same symbol with the phoenix-shaped bird. At the place of the statue, there was the entrance to the room. This could mean that Prince Henry, Regina's father, and Prince Eric are related, like an uncle-nephew relationship, since it is the same castle with the same symbols. And it was about 50 years later, so they could redecorate or something. Or (laughs) they just reused the set, and hoping no one would notice. How much of the set was even real? (laughs) Maybe it's it's like Rent-A-Castle. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just where they have gatherings. Well, yeah, what they do typically in sets is certain things will be computer animated. Certain things will be physical props. You can, if you freeze frame it and just look, you can often tell because TV budget... They can't do all this stuff all the time. 
But uh, we've seen them reuse sets before. Like we pointed out oh, yeah. uh, Prince Thomas's and Cinderella's room was the same room as Prince Charming's room at one point in mm-hmm. his castle and Snow White's room. So they're reusing certain sets. Uh, that happens. But I think this is interesting. The symbol with the phoenix does make me wonder if maybe these kingdoms are related. Hmm. Interesting. But most of the people from um, from uh, the Miller's Daughter episode, most of the people in that kingdom, like Prince Henry's family, were Spanish in some way. Like especially her father. His father was mm-hmm. Spanish looking. Prince Henry looked kind of Spanish looking. Prince Eric? No. <laughs> no, he does not look Spanish. No, not at all. Speaking of how he looked, his hair was too short for me. Because <laughs> Eric's Prince Eric's hair in The Little Mermaid, the Disney movie, was not that short. It just looked funny to me. Mm. Yeah, I, I wonder how different he'll be when we see him in Storybrooke. Yeah. And they probably won't give him extensions or anything like that. <laughs> He'll just let it grow. <laughs> He'll be the bum somewhere with really long hair. Well, he knows who he is now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but he know he didn't know that Guess he could still be a bum. But yeah, he will remember Ariel. He's probably married Ooh, to be whoever bad. he went off and married because not. he didn't know about Ariel at all. Maybe. But then again, he left to go on world travels. Later on in the episode. And what he said, this was his dream that he had been planning for years. He said that he wanted to travel from this realm all over the place as far as Agrabah. Yeah, maybe he became a genie. (laughs) I made note of that, too, because maybe we'll find that he's in um, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Yeah, I wondered if we'd see some kind of crossover. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, speaking of crossovers, please (laughs) check out our Wonderland podcast at wonderlandpodcast.com. I didn't like how he... um, he believed that it was Ursula who saved him. Like, yeah. he's treating her like some deity or something. Yeah. I don't like that. Especially since we're used to hearing her called a sea witch. Yeah, the sea witch. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. He's confused. In the original story... Maybe he bonked his head. <laughs> in the original story, the way it worked is that the Little Mermaid saved Prince Eric and... Um, dragged him up onto this rock or onto the shore, and she stayed with him for a long time until a temple girl came and, well, actually it was a princess disguised as a temple girl, came and found Eric. And so that's why after that point, Eric thought the temple temple girl Mm. rescued him because that's when he woke up. And so that's the one he fell in love with, which ended up being the princess that the prince's father wanted him to marry in the first place and he realized oh you're actually the one that saved me and that's why they got married and lived happily ever after and (laughs) ariel didn't well that's nice poor ariel just multiple stories and sad ariel uh it occurred to me speaking of later what snow said about keeping secrets and what it does to loved ones if ariel had told eric the truth things might have turned out differently. Mm. Yeah. Even if everything had kind of happened the same, he at least might have been, you know, at least looking at the water, he might have seen her and then been like, what's wrong with your voice? Well, let's find Regina. Let's figure this voice thing out. And then we'll go and explore the world together. 
That could be the How It Should Have Ended yeah. version. <laughs> Which, by the way, if anyone out there wants or to contact can... How It Should Have Ended and have them do a Once Upon a Time edition, <laughs> tell them to get in touch with us, please. Yeah, if he even had any peripheral vision and he could see that there was a person in the with water. With red hair. Yeah, that would have been cool too. But still, telling the truth. That's what this is about. <laughs> that would have been better. Always tell the truth, people. <laughs> well, that is a big theme in this episode, which we'll certainly get into more as we talk about Neverland. But yeah, I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. But while they're at the ball, somebody's watching through the mirror. And Regina... Reggie, as I call her sometimes. <laughs> with her guards. And her guards have... Well, the the main guard has a familiar voice, actually. And here's just a sample of his voice. That's the woman that rescued Snow White. The red hair. It's unmistakable. <gasps> I thought she had a tail, but yes, I'm sure. He sounds like Peter Pan. Uh, to me. <laughs> he sounds British. <laughs> well, although this doesn't work canon-wise, I think this may be the same actor who is in the pilot episode as one of Regina's guards, who found the wardrobe. Gone. It was in the wardrobe, and then it was gone. It's nowhere to be found. So they really sound a lot alike. And I, we can't see the guy's face in the pilot episode. He's got that whole body face mask mm. thing going on. Body suit. Yeah, body They're suit. They're all wearing body suits <laughs> under their armor. It's their but, uniform. But the voice sounds really the same, especially the way he pronounces gone. It's kind of like a, he kind of swallows the O a little bit. Well, are, are you sure it does not work canon-wise if we really care about her guards? Well, it doesn't work because that dead? happens much after this, oh. and Regina killed him oh, right. after looking through the mirror. Or maybe she was just showing him what dead looks more like. <laughs> that was a funny death. I'm sorry. I know, and I'm so used to her being a pseudo-good guy now, I guess, in a way, because they do that to our perspectives watching this show. So then she just hauls off and kills someone. And I was like, oh, Regina, you're not supposed to do that stuff because you're, wait, no, you're definitely a mass murdering evil queen. But, you know, lately you try to save little boys. It's nice. It reminded me a lot of Star Wars where Darth Vader kills the one guy and then, well, he actually puts the other guy in charge. And I could be messing up my Star Wars canon, but uh, it very somewhat just... But at the, at that moment of his death, no, not at oh. <laughs> his death, but while then Snow and Ariel are still at the ball, <laughs> dancing around, having some fun, talking. And Ariel says, I've made a terrible mistake. Uh, <laughs> not in so many words. But I, why did she, why did she think she made a terrible mistake meeting the guy she's been stalking forever? Probably. Probably because she... For a year. Well, it's the whole thing of, he said, I've been planning this trip for years. So that's his dream. And she's thinking, oh no, if I tell him I'm a mermaid, which I don't know what she planned, thought would be possible there. Like he could become a mermaid too. I don't know. But she was thinking if I tell him uh, I'm a mermaid and he decides to stay with me, then he can't follow his dream. So that's why she was, I think, thinking this whole thing of, maybe they shouldn't have met or maybe she would ruin his happy ending or she was just confused and sad <laughs> yeah now that you mentioned i'm not really sure what 
Well, she she's meant. probably like 17, so she's probably not working with the most logical brain waves ever. <laughs> <laughs> and you just offended our 17-year-old listeners. <laughs> hey, I was 17 once. My brain waves were not logical back then. <laughs> but Snow gives some good advice about love to Ariel. So take my advice. Do the hard thing. Be honest. No secrets. Open your heart to love. It is so worth the risk. Even if you get hurt, you'll know. You'll know you tried. Snow's awesome like that. Mm. Really about honesty, which if you tie back to, I can't remember what episode it was in season two, but when Rumpelstiltskin asked Charming for dating advice, Charming said the main thing is honesty. Always being honest with each other. Mm -hmm. And not just about telling the truth, but about being open, about being vulnerable to each other. And it is doing the hard thing. Mm -hmm. Which they've talked about before. And is so much of a theme in this episode. So when Ariel then goes on her little walk and meets Regina Ursula. Real Ursula. Where? Real or, no. Because that's like real Ursula. Yeah, God, that's what confused Ursulina. Where did Ariel's party frock go? <laughs> I don't know. She, yeah, she just Why did she suddenly. think it was important to change to go talk to the suit? That's a good question. Why did she think that? Maybe I mean, her party dress was pretty. Why did she change? I think maybe she was just going out there to be upset and then was planning to jump back in the water and go home. Maybe that's why she changed. Hmm. But then she discovers she has this chance. I liked how... (laughs) Either way, it was odd. odd. I liked how fake Ursula, or Regina, (laughs) imitated, I think in many ways... Hello! Ursula from (laughs) Disney's Little Mermaid. Yes. That hair. (laughs) Yeah, and the uh, Disney version of Ursula is kind of like... She's very, I don't know, would you call that sing-songy when she talks? Mm -hmm. She just... uh, (laughs) So no one's seen her in a thousand years, but they still know enough of what she was supposed to have looked like and sounded like that Regina thought she needed to imitate all that. Maybe she read a book and she just wanted to be thorough. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, people knew about her generally. Thought that she was a myth by now, though, but... You know, stuff passes down through the generations. I like oh, that she said, as real as the legs you're standing on. <laughs> Which aren't exactly. Aren't exa- exactly. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Rose in the chat room is reminding us all that Regina, or no, Lana Perea loves Ursula. So yes. she probably had a blast doing Actually, this. I think that oh, I'm trying to remember one of the past events, like at a Comic-Con or maybe D23 or something like that. I think all of the panel at that time were asked who else they would want to be or enjoy being. And I'm, I'm, I may be confusing this, but I thought Lana Perea had said it would be fun to be Ursula. Yeah. I think, I think I remember that too. But so it nice. It should have happened if it didn't. <laughs> it was maybe, so nice that she wasn't really Ursula. Yeah. Yeah. But she got to be Ursula I'm glad for a Rumpel day. wasn't Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Dr. Whale wasn't Ursula. <laughs> It's been really awkward. <laughs> I thought even a couple moments, seeing the tentacles move around, 
I expected one of them to bump Regina and her to like fuss at it because one of them seemed like it got really close and she'd just be like showing in some way that she doesn't have control over these tentacles. They're just kind of running wild, but maybe it's in the blooper reel. Yeah. I wonder if it could be (laughs) the the bummer there is that those tentacles were all computer generated. So there wouldn't be a blooper reel of one actually bumping her unless they produced that. Yeah. I guess they wouldn't have like, like green screen props for those tentacles because you know she doesn't touch them sometimes they do stuff like that but uh, sometimes they don't yeah i can't imagine that they would unless they did one for the that time when it came over the front of her face right well she didn't really seem to react that's the one i was thinking that she would like brush it away or like (laughs) get out of of the way i'm trying to talk here (laughs) So when Snow was then turned into a mermaid, who would have imagined that Snow would get to be a mermaid before a She few didn't minutes? even get to go in the water no, that way. She didn't. I was thinking this is an actual this is actually a good plan. Although Regina can go underwater because she could turn herself into an octopus. So oh my she goodness, can go yes. underwater. At least for short amounts of time. Yeah. But <laughs> I loved what Ariel did to try to sidetrack the evil queen. As a GIF animation out there says, she was dingle hoppered. Indeed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I actually looked and watched Regina as she turned around and like tottered away with this fork in her, her neck. I just thought it was so funny. Like she completely just turned around and started wobbling away. It just made me laugh. That's not what I would do if I got a fork stuck in me. Well, here's something I would do. And Jeremy, bad news for you. Jenny, good news for you. Oh? I would not give up the love of my life for a friend. So, sorry, Jeremy. I'm your friend, though. You're you're the love of my life. It's getting to be the mushy cast. <laughs> <laughs> and making Jeremy feel awkward. <laughs> I mean, this podcast has established that you're better than Prince Charming. What, yeah, what you wouldn't give for sleeping curse, right, Jeremy? That's why I'm stealing hairs from each of you. <laughs> and doing what? Making a love potion. I did wonder when Regina said that there is no second chance I wonder how true that actually is. Well, you know, Regina does talk sometimes. It doesn't always mean something yeah. deep. It just is how she feels. Yeah, I think our characters, Regina, I would say, is an outright liar sometimes. Rumpelstiltskin is a manipulator. Pan, I would say Pan probably tells the truth yeah. when he speaks. And what he says is yeah. true. Right. Pan, I mean, um, Regina Riddle-ish. is pretty reckless when she says things because when she when she said she was gonna make everybody's happy endings go away she then proceeded to find a curse and (laughs) it's just she just makes these things up as she goes kind of and then tries to follow through on it Mm -hmm. but she did kind of follow through on this one because she took away what seemed like ariel's second chance Mm. well at least that second chance. That second chance. 
though Ariel will still get a second chance or maybe she'll we're get on a third, third chance. chance. Yeah. This will be her third <laughs> chance because her second chance. Yeah, I'd say that was gone. So they dive, the girls dive, but they seemed like they couldn't really even get under the water very far. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. It looks like one shot made it look like they were swimming deeper and deeper. But then Regina's, you know, point of view makes it look like they're still on the surface <laughs> yeah. struggling to go down. Which made me wonder why she didn't just turn into a shark or an octopus. Or why she or didn't just Ursula poof them again. up. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, she did that to the mermaid in Neverland. Yeah, maybe that was the occurrence that that inspired her to learn how to poof mermaids up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I need to work on my aim. <laughs> I should just growled at them. Well, it could also be that having the dingle hopper in her neck kind of hindered her magical abilities oh, maybe. at that moment. That's a good um, trick. Or it just distracted her so she couldn't think logically. <laughs> she did growl. I like that growl. It was funny. I think it should be on our soundboard. I've heard you growl like that sometimes. <laughs> mm, that's probably true. <laughs> no forks in my neck, though. <laughs> but it seemed almost like a happy ever after when, like, it's like you rescued the friend and now can go back after the man and not quite. Regina's though. still there. Yeah. As she does slash is. But when Regina said the only thing worse than rejection is never having a chance, it made me think of that poem that's by Alfred Lord Tennyson, uh, who said, I hold it true, whate'er befall, I feel it when I sorrow most. Tis better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Sniffle. <laughs> yeah, just, just try, cry about that one for a little bit. Okay, wouldn't enough time. <laughs> <laughs> but from this, uh, we know there's that bracelet that it works kind of like the candle. And that bracelet can give Ariel her legs back. But It kind of switches the fates of two people. Yeah. I wonder if that's just the way that Regina had made it work for that moment, or if that's the way it always has to work. I think it's just the nature of dark magic. And that's what she has at her disposal. Back at Regina's castle, feeling all victorious, partially victorious, in the mirror, which that mirror looked like it had been placed there, maybe, because it was just a mirror standing out. Well, in the I middle don't of think many mirrors grow in the castle. <laughs> yeah, Ursula could have like gotten her guard's attention to say, hey. I'm a goddess. Do as I say. Take this mirror. Put it here. Or like shipping a mirror to her. And this she, is a gift. She could have stuck her tentacles out and kind of like worked them around until yeah. she was sort of like had the mirror up <laughs> on its, yeah. you know, and then she walked. <laughs> and then she just kind funny. of carefully set it back down. I wonder down, what that would have sounded like. And then she pulled her tentacles back in and was like, okay, okay, be scary now. Echoing in the castle. <laughs> this <laughs> raking sound. <laughs> Did you recognize where Ursula was from, though? No. Under the sea? She no. was golden. Oh, she was golden. Which makes me think of Hercules. Well, she was the statue at the Under the Sea Ball. Oh. <gasps> the scene in the mirror is that ballroom area. You're going to have to put this picture in and, the show Yeah, notes, and please. behind her is where that golden statue was between the stairways. 
Really? He is the castle in the background. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. So it wasn't her, her. She was like acting through a statue. No, I think it it was. I think Jeremy's her. got something. I think I'm right. Because, because why, why would she why would she spend her time hanging out in a castle as a statue? And why would you show fake Regina as a real Ursula and then do a CG Ursula if it wasn't supposed to be an animated statue? Which what? is what she looked like. Well, maybe, but what if that's either her disguise or maybe some kind of imprisonment. Uh, maybe. Well, how did she get out of her prison? I don't know. She hasn't been seen for a thousand years, so that doesn't mean she's gotten out. She's just able to control mirrors a little bit. Kind I of like, like Jeremy's idea. <laughs> well, then why use... If Ursula is controlling a statue, why control that statue to reach through a mirror to... Because it's a statue of her. Because she can. Like, why not use something in the room that's in Regina's room to choke her? I mean, (laughs) can you imagine? She's not that powerful. Can you imagine her, like, becoming a cup? (laughs) That's not intimidating. (laughs) She has to look like herself. Don't you ever intimidate me again! <laughs> nice voice. And speaking of voices, in our initial reactions, I said her voice sounded kind of like Tamara. But DJ Firewolf let us know actually whose voice it was. And now Ooh. I can hear it. Goldie Loxley from Good Morning Storybrook. Really? The special that's on the <gasps> second season DVDs oh and Blu rays. Yeah, it was her voice. I liked her. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. And she was Goldie. Loxley. I never turn him out of my cottage. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, but this does make me wonder if Ursula is going to come back up again. And Laura sent this feedback in suggesting something similar. She said, I do not think that they would show the real Ursula in this episode threatening Regina if Ursula wasn't going to be a part of the story later on this season. I think Ursula will try to sabotage the mission because she's a goddess who probably doesn't like the fact that her mermaid has just been given the gift of walking on land and possibly abandoning the sea. It is Ursula's gift to the mermaids to walk on land for a day, and Regina has taken that away from her, even if the merpeople don't believe the sea witch exists anymore. You just don't go messing around with a goddess's gift to her people, because that makes them angry the goddesses that is and in a way regina is imitating ursula again in neverland without knowing it and so ursula will get her revenge Hmm. great idea laura thank you for sending that in how is she imitating her again in neverland because regina in neverland told ariel you do this errand and you can have your legs she gave her the bracelet to give ariel her legs again taking away that gift that only Ursula, the sea goddess, has but been But she's given not them. impersonating Ursula. Yeah, not this time, but she is doing something that's, in a way, Ursula's job. She is usurping. Yeah, usurping us- Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Before we move on to Neverland, I want to thank some very special people who have made this episode of One's Podcast possible. Thank you, David Newland and Steve, Lisa Slack, Julia Portella, Laura Silva, Laurie Ann, and Chris Tipton. Thank you so much for your support. We really could not do this podcast without the generous donations of you, our listeners. And you give us our legs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, nearly all of these are subscribers too. So that's where they've signed up to automatically contribute a certain amount a certain amount every month to the podcast. And we really appreciate that consistent support. And you can do either a one-time gift like Chris did, or you can do a subscriber gift where you automatically donate a certain amount. It can be a small gift or a big gift. It's up to you, but we really appreciate the support. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of an episode of Once Podcast or even Wonderland Podcast, now you can sponsor that show, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And thank you so much, guys, for your support. We really, really appreciate it. Now let's journey back to Neverland. It starts out with a kind of familiar scene. Emma trying to start a fire, trying to learn how to use magic. Light, darn you! (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that she's coaching Emma according to dark magic. Yeah. Talking about anger. Feel your anger. Bad. I like <laughs> concentration is hard. <laughs> Especially when the wind blows. <laughs> <laughs> when yes. anything happens. When you have a dingle hopper in your neck, you must still be able to use <laughs> You must still be able to turn into a shark and swallow your enemies. <laughs> but I wonder, or not wonder, but I was comparing this in my mind with Regina teaching Emma how to use magic with... Rumpelstiltskin teaching Emma how to use magic. Think about when Rumpelstiltskin taught Cora about magic. Rumpel talked about anger. It's all about the rage inside of you. Mm-hmm. But when Rumpelstiltskin taught Emma how to do some of the magic things that he did, he talked about positive feelings. Like love. Love. Think about who you're trying to protect. When Mulan told Neil how to activate the crystal ball... She said, don't think about a place. Think about a person. Think about your feelings for her. The teaching magic stuff seems really easy, you guys. <laughs> it's like, think about a strong emotion. Good is better than bad. And occasionally, maybe you're thinking about the wrong thing. But just, you know, think happy thoughts. <laughs> well, happy thoughts will make you fly, at least according to Disney's Peter Pan. Right. <laughs> but it it makes me see a definite distinction, again, between what's dark magic and light magic, according to the show, at least. Where dark magic is what, or the dark side, is when you use anger as so your emotion. So does that make Henry a yin-yang? Well, he is <laughs> the mix of dark magic and light magic. Sounds funny. Good and bad. Yeah. Something like that. Because of the radioactive magic effect of being around Rumpelstiltskin. Right. <laughs> I like that... Emma was supposed to concentrate on lighting the fire, but when she got totally distracted, turned away from it, and was yelling at Regina, then it lit. Mm. So I guess she was still thinking about the firewood or something. No, she was getting mad at Regina. That's I know, happening. but she wasn't concentrating. She was just mad. That happens a lot. I hope things don't start lighting on fire when Emma gets mad. <laughs> well, actually, that would be kind of cool. Unless she's at home. That wouldn't be cool. Well, I I agree with David that this isn't really a good idea for Emma to learn magic from Regina, but I don't think Rumpelstiltskin would necessarily be trustworthy anymore either. She's she's going to have to learn more magic. You can tell the difference between whether the person's saying they're telling you, think good thoughts or (laughs) think angry thoughts. Well, who's going to be there to teach her how to use magic in a positive way? Because it seems Rumpelstiltskin's get up, going dark again. Maybe he'll do the Rumpelstiltskin thing. Try and teach her magic. 
But Hook isn't a yeah. wielder of magic. He doesn't have no. magic, but certainly he's seen it. I feel like Emma should just try it on her own because by this point, surely she's got the concept. Yeah. But I think talking about Hook... I'm I, just joking, by the way. <laughs> I think Hook is being quite honorable in this episode because yeah. remember, timeline-wise, this happens right after the kiss scene and Hook drinking his rum and Peter Pan comes and shares Everybody the big fat secret. drinking Hook's rum. Yeah. Well, no, when he went off by oh. himself and Emma said, don't follow me, you know, give me five minutes, whatever. And so Just this is right after that, right after Pan told Hook the secret. The first thing that he does, I think is honorable. He went and he told someone. He didn't True. tell Emma. He didn't think he needed to, but he did tell someone. That is honorable. Yep. Good form, Hook. <laughs> Indeed. And Snow and David had uh, some great thoughts, though, on secrets. Secrets always seem to keep us from the people we really care about. And sometimes secrets protect the people we love. And so much of this episode is about those secrets and about uh, being honest and open with each other. I, th- I think I like Snow's... Snow's ideals better than Charming's. Charming's just really getting on my nerves. <laughs> well, yeah, this is the guy that was keeping a secret that he shouldn't have kept from his wife. Johnny, do you want to give your marriage tip again? <laughs> Don't keep secrets from your wives, husbands. <laughs> it's just bad Bad news waiting to happen. Bad form. Bad form. It's bad form. <laughs> just don't do it. Don't do it. I'm so glad that... That Mary Margaret, a.k.a. Snow, is finally getting the chance to chew her husband out for keeping a secret that important from her. Well, okay. and it's... I'm done. It's, I'm done. It's Snow that ends up spilling the beans when Emma comes and Hook and yeah. Charming try to lie. It's just Snow's... Here's the truth. I'm glad she did. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she did because ugh, lying is just so lame. I thought and that, hiding the truth is lame, too. <laughs> I thought there would be more of a struggle with this, that we would see I'm Hook glad struggle. it didn't. It would have been so lame, honestly. <laughs> There's been so much of this, this. In fact, this episode really was kind of the culmination of what they've been doing. They walk around. They're like five people walking across this island, but this little pair has secrets, and then this person's got her own secrets, and these two have <laughs> secrets, and then... It's like Survivor. <laughs> um, well, and Pan, alliances. Pan definitely wanted to vote Rumpelstiltskin off the island. Yeah, you know, in this episode, I'm I noticed that they were really focusing on Snow's ability to keep a secret and and, and how, lack thereof. Yeah, and lack thereof because I mean, she said, uh, "Well, Ariel asked her, are you are you can you keep a secret?" And Snow just was like, mm-hmm. like." <laughs> <laughs> like oh great she's gonna she's gonna do it the wrong way again even oh, though she, funny. she always has the best intentions about telling or keeping secrets but i'm really glad that in this episode snow had the chance to do it right mm-hmm. that's like, funny i she hadn't gave thought about it good advice she said you tell your secret hmm, that's and good. and she had good discernment when she just Spilled the beans about Neil. Well, she did even say that back in Enchanted Forest. She encouraged Ariel to spill the beans. Yeah, that's what I was Let the fish out of the bag, so to speak. Whoa, that's not (laughs) even a thing. By the way, 
I just realized Snow doesn't know that Ariel never got together with Eric. Nope, she doesn't. So that's going to be a surprise probably to Snow at some point. Yeah, and if Ariel comes back and Snow sees her, they'll be all chummy again. So then breakfast time with Pan and Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) Yeah. So there's this thing that happens on TV shows and movies sometimes where the bad guys eat. Like, it's a menacing thing that they can eat while they're being intimidating. (laughs) But usually they're, like, stuffing their faces and they're just, they're, like, sat down at a table and they've got a whole spread and they they make the, the, you know, usually the good guy sit at the table with them. And, and then they're kind of like, oh, do you watch them? And they're just unfurling <laughs> all their threats and their plans and all this stuff. So Peter kind of did it for a second. He, like, takes one bite. And then he puts the thing back down, kind of like, no, I really, I don't want to, I don't want to eat while I'm menacing. I'm he, done with that. He must have known um, Rumpelstiltskin for a pretty long time because he knew that he liked eggs in a basket. And he knew yeah. that he liked his eggs yeah. runny. So... Maybe they I'm, used to have the same breakfast. I favorite. cannot wait to see this history. Yeah, they, gonna, I I anticipate seeing Peter Pan looking exactly like he does now in a younger Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh that'll be fun. Yeah, a younger we'll be Rumpelstiltskin. Fun. Yeah, all the teenage girls will get to then <sighs> see their hero as a young <laughs> guy their age. <laughs> I can't wait to see that, and I hope I hope we'll get to see them um, eating. Um, Eggs in a basket, and Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> saying that he loves his eggs runny. <laughs> we have something new for Once Upon a Time food, though. <laughs> eggs in a basket, Egg-o. which I've never had. Looks like eggs inside a biscuit, like with a with a hole cut out oh. of the biscuit. It I was look like bread. I was thinking like it just looked like fried eggs, but I no. think that in a biscuit sounds a lot. Yeah, I want to have just that pick now. Up fried Let's eggs. have that now. I mean, you I'll, can. I'll make you eggs in a basket. And we, we can yeah. decide if you like your eggs runny in them or not. And if you do that too, please send us a picture or post it in the forum over at onespodcast.com. <laughs> yeah. Or you can email it to us, feedback at onespodcast.com. We'd love to see that. Love is, to hear recipe suggestions and all of that. It is an egg fried in a hole of a slice of bread. Okay. A waffle or bagel can sense. also substitute the slice of bread. Hmm. I've heard that called eggs in a bucket as well. No, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> a bucket sounds eggs. more like throwaway, and a basket sounds like you should eat it. Yeah, you're well, right. not the basket, but but anyway. this is the first time that we've seen Rumpelstiltskin trying to see the future, and he looked very much similar to yeah. the way the seer did it, putting his hands up. He didn't have eyeballs on his hands, though. I would have liked to have oh, seen I'm the so, eyeballs. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. How did Peter Pan know what that looked like? Maybe he's seen it, but he, yeah, he obviously knew. It's impossible to see the future in a place where time stands still. Or is kept young by water. We're not sure which. One of the two. Rumpelstiltskin is really floundering right now. (laughs) Floundering. (laughs) I'm really glad that Regina finds him. She pretty much did save him. But catch something here. Pan has known what Henry would look like. Pan has known what Henry's future and destiny was. But Pan also just said, you can't see the future in Neverland. Maybe he left Neverland in order to see the future. Yeah. Or maybe he went to see a seer and the seer drew him a picture. 
Here's another idea that came in from Trixie, and this was audio feedback from our website, which you can send your own audio feedback through onespodcast.com on your computer or iOS device. And here's what Trixie said. Hi, Wentz Podcast. It's Trixie here. I had a question about the dreams. I'm wondering if Peter Pan gets his seer-like abilities through them. Because if boys used to visit Neverland through their dreams, and dreams used to be made in Neverland, does Pan know what motivates the characters we know and love through their dreams? I noticed Henry's getting to a sword fight, which is something he longed to learn from Charming in Season 2. I mean, granted, it could be because many boys like to play with swords, but he also knows Hook is into Emma, genuine or not, whatever, and he knows about Rumpel's prophecy that Emma is a lost girl, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it was just a thought that I had. What do you think? Does Pan get any powers from his dreams? Hmm. I'd love to know what you think. Can't get away from dreams, can we? Mm-hmm. No. But, you know, jumping forward just a tiny bit, what is confirmed here is remember in a past episode, I suggested that maybe Belle actually was journeying to Neverland in her dreams. Mm -hmm. Well, now that's disproven. Yeah. So, but the dreams thing, like Trixie just suggested, could still be the case. I think it's a great idea, Trixie. Yeah. Thank you for sending that in. That is a good idea. How does Pan know about Belle anyway? Maybe he's doing some homework. Maybe he's sending his shadow to Storybrooke and, you know, just following people around in dark alleys, <laughs> shadows. Maybe, maybe he has some way of spying on people, kind of like the magic mirror. Or maybe he saw her in Rubblestillskin's dream. Yeah. I, any of uh. these, I think, could be possibilities. Yeah. But somehow he is learning this stuff because he knew about emma breaking the curse he probably knew about the whole apples thing with the family mm-hmm. and it seems like maybe he just comes and goes a whole lot from neverland and we yeah. never really get to see that very often but in this conversation pan brings out that the only way for rumpel to kill pan would be if rumpel dies himself which makes it sound like they're somehow connected like that one can't for for one to die the other one has to die too they can't both die i mean they can't both let me try that again (laughs) one can't survive while the other dies if one dies they both die i I didn't understand that Hmm. i don't know why are they somehow connected i don't know magically this this isn't a solo idea to us, but Alina has sent in this idea saying, my question is whether Rumpel and Pan are connected. So if one dies, the other dies too. Does this mean they are both cut from the same cloth? Maybe it's having to do with the dark one. Maybe now that I'm remembering Felix's sort of mocking way that he says dark one, maybe it's because Pan made the dark one Hmm. like came up with the dark one and created the dark one oh yeah interesting like the dark one originated from pan because we talked about that actually before because neverland is so dark Mm -hmm. and what (laughs) if dark magic came from neverland what if oh this is a thought (laughs) what if the dark one is possessed by pan's shadow because hmm. it's not confirmed that the the shadow that we've seen is actually Pan. Right. Although Rumpelstiltskin did say Pan as soon as he saw the shadow. And the shadow this time and every time looked 
definitely like a boy's shadow. Yeah. Not a man's shadow. Well, Chloe uh, brings something else into this, saying Rumpelstiltskin came to Neverland positive that he would have to die in order to save Henry. This has been mentioned again and again, and I can't help but wonder if there is deeper meaning to this. Rumpel usually uses words like, killing Pan requires my life, or something along those lines. I wonder if this means, I wonder if this could mean Pan and Rumpel are connected by some sort of magic. Two people are linked together. Or a person is linked to an object, such that whatever happens to one also happens to the other. Killing or harming one of them will lead to the death or equivalent harm of both. This is known as synchronization and is used in many forms of media. I mean, think about the Harry Potter series. Think about uh, Dragonheart, which I've mentioned many times Mm -hmm. before. Several things like that where two people are linked in some way. Uh, Frodo, Lord of the Rings, has a little bit of this as well. I think Pan and Rumpelstiltskin could, this is uh, Chloe continuing, I think Pan and Rumpelstiltskin could be connected in this way. If Pan is killed, then Rumpelstiltskin will die along with him. This could be an interesting complication, and dark magic similar to this has been used before, such as the candle trading one's life for another, and Snow seeing and feeling what Regina felt through a teardrop. Love your podcast. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you, Chloe, for being awesome, for sending us <laughs> awesome, awesome feedback. feedback. Yeah, you're awesome, too. You're awesome. <laughs> so if you're Rumpelstiltskin, wouldn't Pan so make you want to punch yourself in the nose? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> well, Pan is kind of doing that for him, though, by continually rubbing Rumpelstiltskin's nose in the fact <laughs> that his father left him, that Rumpel hasn't forgiven his father, all of this stuff. Nobody likes I'm, you. I'm convinced that Rumpelstiltskin's father is in the other box. I think so, too. How is that even... Wait. It's in fact, land. I have my heart set on it. Oh, wow. If it's anybody's... If, if anybody else is in the box, I'm going to be confused and upset. <laughs> gotcha. What if What if what's connecting um, Peter Pan and Rumpelstiltskin is like a friendship pact they made when they were young? I think it would be something more than that. Like a like a magical friendship pact. Yeah, well, it'd have to be something, yeah, deeply magical. <laughs> yes, a magical friendship pact. <laughs> That's what they did. <laughs> Much more than a pinky swear. <laughs> Much more. But Pan clearly wants Rumpelstiltskin to leave Neverland. Mm-hmm. He just wants him out of the way. You know what that tells me? What? That he should not leave. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin is a threat to Pan. Yeah. Oh, yes. And so Pan Perhaps. wants him out of the way. He needs him to be out of the way. He's going through all these desperate measures to get Rumpel out of the way. Hmm. Because I think Rumpel is the possibility for Pan's failure hmm. in all of these plans. Interesting. You know, if if one dies when the other dies then maybe pan's trying to get rid of rumpelstiltskin because he knows how dangerous neverland is so he doesn't want to risk rumpelstiltskin getting hurt there mm-hmm. i mean there's poison there and it grows in plants well, yeah <laughs> true and hey, don't cut yourself on that rock <laughs> <laughs> and I'll i guess like he's wanting to kind of protect <laughs> rumpelstiltskin yeah, in a way because he's in protecting rumpelstiltskin he's protecting himself if it's if the pack if whatever they have goes both ways, then I can see why Pan would want him gone because Felix. 
because they're enemies at this point. Yeah. Felix did say, speaking on Pan's behalf, that Rumpelstiltskin is welcome in Neverland <laughs> as long as he doesn't interfere. Well, now he's interfering and now Pan wants him gone. Mm-hmm. I think it's because there's that Rumpel does pose a threat. I wonder what Rumpel's, like Rumpelstiltskin's dad did. Well, he was a coward. He ran away. <laughs> she meant for a living. Oh, just kidding. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I meant what was the unforgivable thing and how did the unforgivable thing happen? The leaving. Well, yeah. How did it happen? That's a good question. Why did it happen? What was that like? The whole leaving thing, I think, was the unforgivable thing because you leave your family and it's, it leaves breaks that can never really be healed i think it's more the why than the how he just sort of left in the night but they keep they keep making us want more want to know more about rumpelstiltskin because you know in last season we got to know about mila and Mm -hmm. and his whole history back then but before he was the dark one and and now there's more to be you know known there's more that we need to know about him so I'm looking forward to knowing even more. Meanwhile, back with the Neverland Five, uh, they're about to become the Neverland Four temporarily as they split up. And Regina's pretty upset about this thing of going to find Neil. And I think when you look at why she's there and maybe some of the things that are going through her mind, this makes a lot of sense. And Dark One's number one fan sent us this email that I think helps connect some of these dots. They said, I might be overthinking it a bit, but when Emma decided to rescue Neil first, it was definitely the last straw for Regina. It seemed to me that Regina didn't want to rescue Neil, not only because she doesn't like, not only because she doesn't care, but also since Neil is Henry's father, that means there would be one more person in Henry's life who Regina would have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Remember back in the pilot episode, Regina asked, and the father, is he going to be a problem? And Emma back then said, no, he doesn't know. Well, now he's a problem. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Well, also, Regina likes doing things her way. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. She's, she has not been able. It's been very discouraged in her previous traveling party. <laughs> they just didn't like her ways. Well, she did get it to rip out a heart. She did. But the, it just it it was treated as a bad kind of gross thing. Dark One's number one fan uh, continues here, wrapping up, saying, Regina, deep down, still wants Henry to be hers and hers alone. She knows she has to deal with Emma and has partially accepted it. But one more person might be too much for her to deal with. Thank you very much, Dark One's fan, for that feedback. That stuff may come up eventually. I, I think even for this moment, though, it's completely valid to say Pan's playing a game. He's the only reason we believe that Neil's alive, so I don't believe Neil's alive, and it's just a distraction. And why are you all falling for it? I think she's just getting impatient. She's just impatient to get Henry back. Well, and we learned in the episode Quite a Common Fairy that Regina feels like Henry is the only thing she's gotten right. Mm -hmm. And... So it's very understandable for her to want to protect that. And of course, because she raised Henry, and we've talked about this many times before, love and family is not a blood thing. It's a choice. A choice to love someone, a choice to treat someone as a family. So 
it can spread it can not spread across blood that's a weird way to say it but <laughs> it can it doesn't matter if there's a blood connection mm-hmm. to choose to love someone in that way is fully a choice and that's i think what regina does want but meanwhile pan and felix are watching and they decide to move neil to the echo cave and the fact that pan had them move neil there i do still wonder remember back in the premiere of season three pan disguised as just a normal lost boy Mm -hmm. said to henry the echo cave is the one place where pan can't track them knowing pan's track record of basically telling the truth each time i do wonder if that's true that pan actually cannot track them in echo caves so he doesn't only tell the truth he said that peter pan was chasing him (laughs) well yeah okay that's true well my my thought was i wonder if pan actually knows their secrets that they said but then again He's this creepy little lurker that somehow knows everybody's <laughs> secrets anyway. He's just putting them in a situation where they're going to have to be forced to bring their secrets out. Right. He's really manipulating them. Like creepy little lurker. Yeah, we saw him manipulating Rumpel with the doll mm-hmm. and <laughs> making Rumpel a bit cowardly and afraid. And, and manipulating to play with the dolls. Other- <laughs> and manipulating the other characters. That's true. When Rumpel then is being manipulated again with the, quote, bell, unquote. Shadow bell. (laughs) Yeah. Well, knowing then that bell all this time is a shadow, Mm -hmm. it means the shadow can talk. Nope. Nope. No, you disagree with that? The all this time? Yes, I do. Really? I'm saying in Neverland all this time. Yes. Okay. Explain that then. Every other time she's been, yeah, I'm in your head. I'm not really here. She's helped him work things out, done this, done that. This time she's like, no, it's really me. I'm really here. Oh, you're right. And, you know, on top of that, the other times Belle was saying, put aside your selfishness, put aside your nasty habits and save your son, save Mm -hmm. your grandson. This time she's saying, leave come home yep oh ooh, good good catch there why thank you either that or the, the um, shadows <laughs> just wanting to go along with um with rumpelstiltskin's feelings at the moment well but then again because he needed to earn rumpelstiltskin's trust at some point because <laughs> because if he just if he just met Rumpelstiltskin with, come home, you're going to fail, why don't we start a family, then you know, that would have <laughs> gone badly. But he went along for a little while, and he, and he hmm. built his trust, and then, and then he decided, being the shadow, he decided to say what he really wanted to happen. So kind of just manipulating the whole way and mm-hmm. leading him down a path. Could yeah, be. and giving him a sense oh, of security in, oh. in the bell that he thought he saw. Both very good ideas. <laughs> That's rough. Do you know, I noticed something about Shadow Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying, believe in our love and we can go back. So it and and he was saying, take my hand and believe. What does that sound like? 
Like Peter Pan. No, 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 no. Like like when um, Robin Hood's little boy said, I believe, oh. and then the shadow came and took his hand. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering if if the shadow requires the person to say, I believe, before he can take his hand. Hmm. I don't know. It's just a simple yeah, it could yeah, it could definitely be. similarities anyway. Mm-hmm. I wonder what would have happened if Rumpel had taken Shadow Bell's hand. Probably would have, <laughs> you know, the shadow probably would have revealed itself and and Rumpel would have been stuck to it. <laughs> and they would have gone back to Storybrooke. Either that or the shadow would have put him somewhere where he couldn't come back. Hmm. Thankfully, Regina Palpatine walked <laughs> up at the right moment to use the Force how on Shadow she, Bell. How did she find them? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, she's very magical and powerful, <laughs> so she probably just was able to track him in some way. I mean, I know at some point she would have heard their voices. Mm-hmm. There is possibly some more Greek mythology brought into this. Tobias sent this feedback saying it could be that Pan and the Shadow have a connection to the Sandman. Pan said that he is in tune with every grain of sand on the island. (laughs) We saw that Greg and Tamara's batteries have been turned to sand. (laughs) Also, another interesting fact is it's hypothesized that the Sandman legend had its origins in Morpheus, the Greek god of dreams. And like the Shadow... And like the shadow, Morpheus has the ability to take any human form. It would really make sense that Neverland might be a dreamland connected to the Sandman. Well, we already know that children visited it in their dreams a long time ago. But like in dreams, people are confronted with their past, hopes, and fears. And it would make sense if Neverland were actually just a land made out of sand. The sand of the Sandman which can be formed by the heart of the truest believer. Whoa, now that's something. Thank you, Tobias, for that feedback. That's really cool. Love it. Also, Slurpees108, who, by the way, helps us out big time with our feedback and sorting our feedback for us. She said, while the shadow may belong to Peter Pan, it may have grown more powerful than Peter Pan over time. Perhaps the shadow represents Pan's own shadow of a doubt. For example, the more disbelief takes hold of Pan, the more powerful the shadow becomes. Also, the fact that it has been perpetually dark in Neverland for over a week makes me think that a shadow has quite literally fallen over the island. If you recall from episode 221, the only thing that truly frightens the shadow is light. Just as the Wraith was afraid of light in 201, the Broken. For example, when Balefire used a match against the shadow, it recoiled from the flame and dropped Balefire into the ocean surrounding Neverland. Also, the name Balefire, which is simply the old English word for bonfire, reaffirms <laughs> that Neil knows how to fight the shadow with fire. Now that the shadow has grown more powerful, it is perpetually night in Neverland so that the shadow can always roam the island being in complete control. What would defeat the shadow? The Return of Daylight. Interesting. Uh, when Have we seen any present day Neverland scenes in the daytime? We've seen it brighter than this. There were some scenes like when David and Hook were going off on their little quest where I thought it was daylight. But when they looked up, there were stars. Yeah. 
but it's not just a production convenience because a lot of the time when they do flashbacks like the whole hook story it's daytime yeah so i think it is significant uh-huh. hmm. and it could be something like power is going out of the island in some way and so that's why it's starting to become dark and um that or this idea of slurpees 108 that um the shadow is somehow controlling the island or or taking control over it a shadow has literally literally <laughs> fallen across the island it's a very funny <laughs> mental picture a giant shadow sprawled out across the island i think i think this scene proves that pan and his shadow are they're in communication often hmm. well back because- up do you think it is actually pan's shadow at this point i think it i don't i think it is because first um peter pan was saying you should just go home your you know your girlfriend looks fertile go make a family with her and then (laughs) and then um shadow bell starts saying the very same thing except the i'm fertile part (laughs) 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 but i mean it's just they they go together so it just it looks like pan is in direct communication with a shadow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Pan plants the idea and then manipulates it even more. Yep. It's like Inception. <laughs> <laughs> when then back with uh, Snow and Emma as they're on their trail, they have a little kind of mother-daughter moment. And when Emma <laughs> says, I kissed Hook. <laughs> I, love that I, I think in some ways... Uh, Snow can relate a little bit with Emma because remember when the curse was still on, Snow had this whole fornication slash adultery thing <laughs> with Doctor Whale when she was technically married but mm-hmm. didn't know it. And I think there's some of because she didn't even know that her true love that she it yes. seemed kind of felt might exist but yes. didn't believe. Yes, there was that thing of like holding out for one person or the other or you know that mm-hmm. whole thing so i think that's p- part of why snow can relate to this to the relating to holding on to hope because as snow said you deserve a happy ending and happy endings always start with hope yeah i, I every time that line starts i think she's gonna say happy endings always come at a price <laughs> <laughs> but i love the way she responds like snow's just so kind so <laughs> while she's trying to figure this out what she's being told first she's just like oh why <laughs> why would you kiss hook <laughs> did it mean anything <laughs> yeah she doesn't she doesn't just react she asks questions and tries to figure it out mm-hmm. so that she can give good advice which is good advice for anybody before you give advice find out more about the situation back to our new magical duo mm-hmm. regina said to rumple you're not going to die by anyone's hands but my own <laughs> yeah two questions this raises in my mind one is this true can no one except regina actually kill rumple no. no she was just saying that because she's reckless and she just doesn't want that to happen it was it was explained later 
Besides, Henry couldn't be his undoing unless Regina was around, if that was true. Well, unless undoing just means removing the power. I know, but that's not what he thinks. He thinks it means his death. Yeah. He believes he can be killed by someone other than Regina. But the second question is, I wonder if this is a hint that Regina is going to kill Rumpelstiltskin. I think it was more if she said anything short of that, it was going to sound like, oh, they're best friends. Why is that? So she had to say something evil Mm. to go with everything that she was saying to try to get him to do what she wants. Here's a crazy theory. And I'm not necessarily sticking by this, but what if, since Rumpel seems all set on maybe killing Henry again, what if this (laughs) happens and Regina realizes that Rumpel's out to kill Henry because Regina doesn't know the prophecy. Emma doesn't know the prophecy. All of this stuff. All of these people mm-hmm. don't know the prophecy except Neil and um, Peter. Uh, P- Peter Pan and Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if Regina and uh, Rumpel will work together for a little while. And then when a moment comes where Rumpel tries to kill Henry, Regina either sacrifices herself for Henry or maybe Regina kills Rumpel. Hmm. She'll have to find that dagger. Yeah. Well, the shadow has it. Yep. Maybe she'll find the shadow. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not saying that should happen because, in general, I don't think there should be all this murder going on. But we don't condone murder. Just you know, clarify that we don't. (laughs) FYI. (laughs) But I do wonder if that's what might happen. One of those situations. Now, now that they're in Neverland, does it have to be the dagger if he's going to die? She can't kill him with dream shade. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Well, I don't think Dreamshade would affect him in Neverland. Because the only reason it affected him when Hook stabbed Rumpel was because Rumpel was outside of Storybrooke and magic didn't work out there. So that Rumpel was vulnerable. Rumpelstiltskin isn't acting like the Dark One here. I would say he is. Well, he's just so, like, fearful and unsure. And he just, he seems a little cracked. Yeah. To me. <laughs> he just doesn't seem like the confident dark one we know. Mm. He needs more scales. Yeah, he needs more scales. <laughs> more golden glitter. More malevolent imp. <laughs> I love that she called him that because that's <laughs> that's the absolute opposite of benevolent fairy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's polar opposites <laughs> that's great i loved that because as soon as she said malevolent imp i thought wow that sounds a lot like benevolent fairy hmm. they plan to contain pan though with something that's a fate worse than death and it's not a curse it's not a spell it's an item yeah some kind of item in his shop that's not squid ink so any ideas what the item is and <laughs> what the power actually is he didn't pack for this. <laughs> but he did pack his clothes, like his, his Rumpelstiltskin garb. But he didn't pack his 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 fate's worth of death item things. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I suppose, I would hope it would be something we've not seen before, because... has to be. Let's not retread. Yeah. Well, what if it's the last time we heard about a fate worse than death? It was kind something kind of like that was said about the wraith. I knew you were going to say that, but, but that's not in his shop. 
Yeah, and the wraith itself and medallion are now back in present day. And if it were the same one, Regina might have a little issue with that. Mm-hmm. Just a little. <laughs> yeah, true, because it it probably would still be seeking after her. Because oh, she was marked. Mm-hmm. She was. Unless it's something like the Wraith will only go after one person at a time. I don't know. I believe but certain I writers have discussed it on Twitter, and I don't remember which way they came down on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, where is that mark now? She should still be marked. Well, it, was... it fades, I think. <laughs> I mean, you can't see it. Yeah. Right? Right. Well, uh, Prince Philip covered it up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was season two. Yeah. That's uh, that's this show's equivalent of We Were Cursed. <laughs> it's season two. But mm-hmm. Trixie also has an idea of maybe Rumpel's redemption or lack thereof. Hi, Ones Podcast. I have a thought on Rumpel and his path to redemption. So in the first few episodes of season three, we see that Rumpel is feeling pretty terrible that his son is dead. And after Rumpel caused their initial separation in fairytale land for who knows how long, he thought he caused Bay's death as well. So we see him motivated to redeem himself by sacrificing his life for Henry, which seems to be the only way he thinks he can make up for what he did to Bay. To be honest, I actually think he wanted to sacrifice his life for Henry because of the huge burden he felt over Bay, and that he had nothing else to live for when he thought Bay was dead. Because, now that Rumpel knows he's alive, what guilt does he still need to feel? His son didn't die. You can see how quickly Rumpel picked up his old habit of self-preservation again. So Rumpel might return to his old ways because Bay is still alive, but now Bay doesn't even believe in him. So after all these years of looking for Bay and wanting Bay's confidence, he still doesn't have it. The son he was ready to sacrifice himself for is not only alive, but has no hope for him. This means Rumpel has no one driving him to redemption. In other words, he has nothing motivating him to protect Henry. I mean, this is his own internal battle to fight now, and it can really move the storyline in either direction. His perpetual um, back and forth in motivation will further alienate him from the people who he needs to believe in him the most. So I guess my question is, if and when will Rumpel believe in himself? I'd love to know your thoughts. Great feedback, Trixie. Thank you very much for sending that in. I don't know if he will, or maybe he will. I think it will be, <laughs> I think it'll be a crucial turning point that we'll see him pursuing the dark path and then suddenly like have that coming to his senses and recognize what he's doing, what's going on, how much he's actually hurting the people he wants to forgive him or wants to win back in some way. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really sure I'm clear on his motivation at this point. So I think he needs to pick a clear direction and a clear reason and go with it for a while, whatever he does. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that Regina called the two of them the two most powerful practitioners of magic to ever live? Yeah. I wonder how Does true that is. Does she not remember the Blue Fairy? And has she not met... I mean, she... Well, at this point, she has met a goddess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why is she being so, like... Well, she did say we're practitioner. The best. We're the best. 
<laughs> yeah, she Why didn't say she practitioner. Maybe that's different than like I don't know. Well, I fairies think and goddesses. She <laughs> fairies have all kinds of magic, but are they more powerful than Regina? Because definitely, what uh, you could say that someone who's on the dark side of this is and using dark magic has at their disposal both dark and light magic. But a fairy would have at their disposal only light magic, mm-hmm. presumably. Yes, but Rulgorm has always already been named the most powerful and the original magic. Yeah, or at least most powerful at that time. So being the original magic, she would have more magic than anybody because she's the original magic. <laughs> Possibly, or it just might mean oldest one or mm. the first. People magic. talk. I don't know if all of these things are... I I would tend to agree, though. Don't forget, Regina, at this point, is sort of doing a pep talk. Yeah. Yeah. She's sort of like a cross between a coach and a cheerleader to (laughs) malevolent imp. (laughs) She's pretty reckless with words, though. She is. She's just... That's who she is. She's reckless. Regina doesn't have the history with Peter Pan that Rumpelstiltskin does either. Because remember, when they, at the end of season two... Rumpelstiltskin said that someone they should all fear, and that's Peter Pan. Mm. So there's something more that Regina clearly doesn't see. So maybe it's true what she said. Maybe, maybe not. Before we go on to Echo Cave, I'd love for you to take a moment, take a couple minutes, even if you need to podcast, pause the podcast to do this. Please vote for us in the podcast awards. Go to oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards to find out how you can vote for us and all, all of our podcasts that are in the podcast awards. We have several podcasts in the running, finalists in the awards. Thank you so much for nominating us, but please vote for all of our podcasts every day through November 15th. And you can sign up for a daily email reminder to vote in the podcast awards by going to oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. But here's the quick rundown of how you can vote for all of our podcasts. Go to podcastawards.com and under the People's Choice and Business Categories, vote for Beyond the To-Do List. Under Best Produced, vote for this show, Once, Once Upon a Time Podcast. Under Comedy, vote for The Ramen Noodle, Clean Comedy. Under Religion Inspiration, vote for Are You Just Watching? And under Technology, vote for The Audacity to Podcast. So we'd really appreciate your support by voting for our podcast, do it every day. And also make sure you check your email right after you send the vote because you will receive an email every time you vote that you need to click that link to verify your vote just to make sure that you're not doing anything shady. And please don't do anything shady. Don't get the shadow (laughs) involved with this or cut off your shadow to vote twice from different email accounts. Don't do anything like that. Legitimate votes only, but more than one person can vote. So that's fine to do, too. You could get your whole family voting if they're legitimate family members. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> if they actually exist. Real people. That's what I Real mean. people, no pets. That's all I meant. Yes. No yes. shadows. That's what I meant. So you can find out how to vote for us and watch a video demonstration of it <laughs> over at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. Now for the moment of truth, quite literally. <laughs> The Echo Cave, just before they go in, Hook said that he lost many men there. Half his crew, he said. Well, he should have been more careful with them. And why weren't they willing to tell the truth? That's probably why he lost them. Yeah. 
Uh, but he hasn't had experience with it himself. Oh, yeah. So what did they do? He's just like, go in okay, there, you figure go out in the there. cave, and come back. We hear they're called the Echo Caves. Don't know any particulars about why you should go in there. Just do it. <laughs> come back, or don't. Maybe it was a game that he played with Pan before. Hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a much more logical explanation than what I just said. Could have been. <laughs> But Hook also recognizes that Pan wants everyone's secrets to come out. This is all part of a game, and Pan is manipulating them. And Pan thinks that their secrets being known will weaken them. Will destroy them, Mm -hmm. he said. I don't think so. It better not. And the thing is... uh, I think Snow's right. Although secrets, yeah, secrets can be painful. But when you share a secret with someone else, or you trust them with your secret with your deepest darkest secret that's how you know you can really that's a part of a sign of true love i love a line that came from the movie uh meet joe black <laughs> which has one what? of the longest endings of any movie ever i think oh. maybe it rivals lord of the rings but <laughs> in that movie one of the guys in the movie says uh that um something about his he and his wife he said we know each other's deepest darkest secrets and we're okay with it we're okay with each other we still love each other that's how you know that you truly love someone yeah and i think that's what's going to come from this is that they will end up actually stronger and that's something that pan may not have anticipated right yeah but Um, it seems it's a good thing they save some of those secrets for the cave (laughs) just kidding (laughs) So let's step inside the cave. Are you guys ready to share your deepest, darkest secrets? I'm ready, ready, ready. (laughs) (laughs) So Hook's secret, in short. I never thought I'd be capable of letting go of my first love, of my Mila. To believe that I could find someone else. That is until I met you. So Jenny and I talked about this some in the initial reactions. My thought, again, is still that this doesn't necessarily mean Emma is his only other true love. Yeah. You can have more than one. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like grandpa's. I mean, not more than one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Don't think that. Here's another way to put it. It's not necessarily there's one destiny person out there that if you miss that, then it's doom on you. Whoa. Yeah, like, you know, there isn't just one. There isn't, there's no such thing as the one. There's like a million people you could be compatible a million. with. <laughs> well, probably so, more. So I think <laughs> oh, gosh. a way to look at this from Hook's eyes, he's seeing this as Emma, 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 like written in square ink in front of his face. But, which I think I said that in the initial I think reactions you did. too. <laughs> but I think for Hook, this, the thing that he could take from this if he does live, is <laughs> that he can, Emma helped him realize he can move on. If he does live. It's kind of like a rebound relationship where you break up with something, you go through a break up painful, with I mean, you break up with someone, you go through this painful breakup, you have this rebound relationship where it's not actually a relationship you're committing to. It's just and this a isn't security a good thing. blanket. But yeah, it's... And what some people from a rebound relationship discover is that they can move on. Now, that's not necessarily the good way 
to move on from no. a broken like, relationship. I love you, not my ex. Pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of wonder if Emma is Hook's rebound relationship. <laughs> that now from this, he's going to realize, oh, if he survives, he's going to realize, well, <laughs> I can move on. And maybe there is someone else that I could love. Maybe he'll fall in love with Ariel. No, he Ursula. can't. He can't. Ursula. And <laughs> no. one of our listeners sent in some great suggestions, a list of who that could be. But we'll get to that in a moment because he covers some other things. It's uh, I Love Chess and Ponies sent us some. Chess and Ponies. But uh, then Snow's secret is, well, what we've kind of thought might happen. When we get off this island and get back to Storybrooke, I want another go at it. I want to have another baby. Think of the family situation this will create and possibly the conflict Emma might have with this. I was thinking, I was, I was thinking about how I would feel if my mom basically said, I don't like my whole circumstances with my current daughter, so I want to do it again and do it right this time. I was just thinking how I would feel. I'd, I'd feel like, hey. What am yeah. I, chopped liver? <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was cool that she admitted all of it. Yes. I thought the, the wording, I want to have another go at it, was kind of rough. Like, yeah, exactly what you said. It's like, oh, so it's not just that you aren't okay with it. It's that you want to have a different baby and just go ahead and experience all that stuff that you missed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what she wants. Yeah, it is. And our listener Sarah sent in a suggestion suggestion basically saying that what if Snow is that Wendy-like figure and Snow and Charming become parents, 101 Domination style, <laughs> to all of the Lost Boys. Well, that'd be interesting. That'd be weird. Because all of these Lost Boys no longer have parents. Their parents are gone. They're dead hundreds of years ago in outside time. So what if Snow and Charming become parents to the lost boys and that was a suggestion from sarah and well, just live there they'd have to get rid of pan because pan's kind of like i don't he know can what be to call their him. child too <laughs> well i don't think pan would want to be their child but he'll have to want that well pan needs to be defeated probably yes he needs he needs to lose in his own games he needs to become a little boy again so then David's secret is one that we've known for a while. It was hit. Hook was able to find a cure, but it comes at a price. I can't leave Neverland. If I do, I'll die. Finally. Finally. You should have told her that in the Finally. beginning. But uh, our listener, Emma, not the actual Emma, Savior Emma. Our listener Emma Probably. said, so relieved Charming's secret is out. Seeing Snow being honest about wanting a real chance to be a family and for him to crush it broke my heart. Outstanding acting from all those in the cave. Although I firmly believe Charming will get off the island and they will have a baby. I'm glad she is angry. She, meaning Snow, I'm is glad angry. she's angry too. It means they can actually have a real fight and discuss and uh, have a real fight and issues won't just be swept under the carpet like the whole home issue of Home in Neverland or Home, I mean, Home in Enchanted Forest or Home in Storybrooke. Hmm. 
Well, that'd be and awesome if they, if they built a castle in Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> that could be cool. They could build a new baby's room. And Snow has, she has a friend who knows how to get through portals under the sea. So she could go visit mm-hmm. if she wanted. Now, Emma's secret, though, oh, the most painful one of them all. The instant you stuck back in my life, I knew. I knew I'd never stop loving you. Before I even had a chance to take a breath, I, I lost you once more, and all that pain that I had pushed down for all those years, it just came rushing back. And I, I didn't know if I could go through it again. I probably always will. But my secret is that I was hoping that this was a trick. I was hoping you were dead. Because it would be easier for me to put you behind me than to face all the pain that we went through all over again. Did you notice as she was walking across the bridge that my favorite music started playing quietly? Mm, I didn't notice that though. No. The kind of Neil. Yeah, the and Neil and Emma, Emma. The thief music. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't it started that. playing really quietly. I love that music. And again, great acting here from Jennifer Morrison. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody did a great job. Yeah. It was great. The acting's been great this season. But uh, Emma's secret that it's easier to love and lose Neil than face that pain all over again. But what an admirable thing it would be for them to face that pain together, work through it together. Statistically here, and this isn't this is statistics, marriages that are struggling, but where they work through it instead of just giving up, where they work through the struggles, nearly all of the time, those marriages end up so much stronger within a fairly short time in the big scheme of things, like within a couple of years, those marriages are so, so much stronger after they've struggled through these things. And Emma's basically saying, I don't want to struggle through these things. I love you. Yeah. But I'd rather you be dead than we struggle through these things. That's awesome that she was, she was, she was honest enough to say those things to him. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was awesome how he reacted. She could have had the option to just push the cage over the cliff. Yeah. Oh, my. Whoops. Okay, don't have to share my secret. I was trying to open it. Okay, he's dead now. Oh, wow. I took Regina's advice. When I saw someone fall off a cliff, I made sure he was dead. This wow. Time. <laughs> no, that would not have happened. Don't send me hate mail. <laughs> Outside the cave, then... Neil shares his secret, and I love his secret. Very manly of him. Very Prince Charming-like of him. Very knight in shining armor. You would say something like this. Oh in my. fact, you did. I have a secret, too, Emma. I'm never going to stop fighting for you. Never. Oh, feels weird. Jenny, were you going to say something again about how I'm better than Prince Charming? Nope. 
<laughs> when my husband interrupts me to play a sound clip while I'm saying something sweet, <laughs> sorry, you miss out. Yeah, I realized, oh man, I, I cut her off from saying something awesome about me. Why'd I do that? <laughs> Why did you do that? I don't know. Maybe he thought your voice had been stolen. Oh, nope. But I love his perspective here, and I'll never stop fighting for you. Even though she's just said, yeah, I love you, but I wish you were dead more than we face these problems together. What it takes for a relationship to work is it takes one person to fight and eventually win over the other person. But one person to have the hope, one person to stick through, that's enough, really, to make the relationship continue and to work. But there is a bit of controversy over this and because of the whole captain swan fire triangle thing that this is presenting because hook overheard this and you could see the pain in his eyes yeah. and after he just confessed this stuff to emma saying basically i, I didn't think i could have a chance with anybody other you, than you do you think that he's gonna leave like the good posse and join the bad posse after this? I don't think so. Do you think it's just going to torment him too much to see Emma with Neil? And I don't that'll think so. inspire him to either go it alone or join with Rumblestiltskin and Regina? No, I still stand by my idea that Hook is going to hold on to his love for Emma. And that's going to drive him to sacrifice himself so that Emma and Neil can be together. I think I think that would be more meaningful if he actually turned bad for a little while. Uh, well, I think we've already already seen him be that bad. And in this episode, he's shown so much honor admitting these things, knowing it would be dangerous. He shared the truth about uh, Neil. And, well, we'll just have to see, won't we? Yeah, we will. <laughs> That's very Kitsis and Horowitz answer. <laughs> but our listener, Anthony, um, disagrees pretty strongly about this and was saying uh, said in a message that uh, he's a bit miffed at the take on the whole Captain Swan fire triangle and that it's going to be a lot of fun going forward is what Anthony thinks it will be. And as Anthony says, uh, Emma would have to abandon her family to be with Hook, but I don't see it that way at all. If anyone has consistent, consistently shown honor this season, it's been Hook. He risked his life to come to Neverland, risked it again to defy Pan and save David, did the honest thing and told everyone that Neil was alive and was instrumental in saving him from the Echo Caves. He did the right thing by having Emma reunite with Neil, but at the same time letting his feelings for her be known. As for Emma, sure, Neil was her first love and they did have a son, but the whole right and honorable thing reminded me of David's reasoning in the first season when he chose Catherine over Mary Margaret, even though he clearly had feelings for one and not for the other. In the end, the two of them basically ended up in bad form because David felt he had to do the right and honorable thing. So I wonder what is more honorable? I would say, you know, in this case, even looking back at the whole David and Catherine thing, we have to remember that that was his reality. Yeah, it was his reality, but it was still wrong. It was. So they were put in this position. But they were ignorant. Yeah. Com- completely ignorant and not just like feigning ignorance or anything, but it mm-hmm. was even still though, the David and Catherine relationship was wrong to begin with because it was basically adultery that 
David was separated from his wife, Snow. So the honorable thing really would have been, it's, you know, the whole it's messy. what's their reality thing comes up. Yeah, it's, it's messy. And they've done that many times in this episode, making messy yeah. relationships. Look at like Aurora Mulan and Prince Philip and the potential messiness there. Look at um, Robin Hood and Regina and Prince Leop- King Leopold, messiness there. Yeah. And Daniel and all of that messiness there. Now Hook, um, uh, Emma and Neil, messiness there. I don't know if it's a matter of honorable in the Emma thing. Because she hasn't been in a relationship with either one of them, with Hook ever, with Neil in over a decade. So it's a matter of who she loves. Well, it, well she had a child with she had a child with one of them. I true. think that's the one she should go with because it's just it's right. Well, and it's the hard thing to do. Remember what Snow said. In Enchanted Forest, she said, do the hard thing. And usually in life, the hard thing is the right thing to do. The thing we don't feel like doing because our feelings mislead us so, so much. I'm misled so often by my feelings. and Just look at people who are led by their feelings. Yeah. yeah. They're just all over the place and they're a wreck. Yeah. So following feelings is not really the honorable thing. In many ways, the honorable thing is to not follow the feelings and that's part of what makes it honorable. It's the, I'm not doing what I want to Follow do. Follow your brain, not your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as you know the right thing. Yes. But I know that Anthony seriously disagrees with us over that, and uh, you're welcome to disagree with that. You know, Neil seems pretty confident that he can use the star map to get them home. Do you think that it was Peter Pan who allowed him off the island last time and allowed him to think that he knew he could get off the island? Or do you think Neil has a legitimate way off the island? I think Neil does have a legitimate way off the island. Do you think, like, we're going to see that he snags some some pixie dust and he's going to fly them all off the island? Or maybe Henry's going to need to fly them off the island? What, what do you think is going to happen there? Neil is kind of the wild card in this. He is, because we know very little about Neil. Yeah, and it seems like Pan gets really disturbed with having Neil running around, or before having Neil running around, but now Pan intentionally reunited everybody. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, their secrets are definitely starting to divide them all. And... Here's some great feedback, though, that we got from I Love Chess and Ponies about what could happen from this. Hello, once podcast. This is I Love Chess and Ponies and She's, a.k.a. Chaponies in the chat room. <laughs> I have some top ten lists, or not top ten, top three lists for you guys. My top three candidates for Hook's new true love Um and top three reasons I don't think that Snow and Charming are going to have another kid. Alright. Reason number one, I don't think that Charming and Snow are going to have another kid. It would be sort of a replacement for Henry. He's the center of the show and is the easiest capture of any of the um, any of the bunch. And he's most loved by all of them. This would sort of distract tension, attention away from that. The um, next reason is... Timing. So far, these six episodes have only taken, um, like, six weeks. It's going to be 
or it's only going to take a, a week in fairy tale time, and it's going to take a take a long time for them to have a kid and for it to grow up enough to be interesting. Um, the third reason and final reason is I just don't see it. It seems weird because Henry would be an uncle, or no nephew. Henry would be a nephew, even though he's ten. Emma would feel weird about it, and Charming and Snow are in their mid-50s by now, technically. Anyways, this, my next top ten list is top ten p- true loves for Hook. First, I'm going to get through some honorable mentions for that. Um, Mulan, because she's there. <laughs> <laughs> Granny, because she's the same age as Hook, probably. <laughs> and finally, Snow White, because, one, because Jenny Snook has been secretly shipping him for years. Before. Have I? <laughs> so, um, Honorable third, Vanessa. probably least likely, well, a candidate would be Emma. You know, that's a pretty obvious one, and there's nothing really I can say about that. Second, I think, would probably be Red, because um, she's there and she has another boyfriend. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like her and her well together, but I don't, I don't know. Finally is Blue Fairy. I think that this is the most likely of the three. I re- really like them together because, you know, Hook stole Rumpel's wife, which I know, and <laughs> Blue Fairy stole Rumpel's kid, so, yeah. <laughs> they have something in common. Rumpel hates both of them. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I love chess and cookies and cheese. and chess and cheese. Okay, <laughs> bye. Thank you so Great. much for that. I, I thought of something while he was talking. Um, when he mentioned the unlikeliness of Charming and Snow having a kid, I was thinking, wouldn't that be something if they were on an island and she couldn't get pregnant? <laughs> what would that make you think of? A uh, particular four-letter <laughs> TV show out there. Love Boat? Uh, almost, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, almost. Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Gilligan's Island, the next generation. Oh. Gotcha. Last scene here, Regina and Rumpel on the shore with Ariel. Ariel! Ariel, who has had no voice for how long? Oh, gosh, poor girl. She hasn't been able to sing. 30 years, probably. Was she frozen for any of that time? I doubt it. Well, people were. Some of them. Yeah, even the people inside of Korra's, or under the dome. I got to put that plug in there. Wow. Even the people under the dome were still frozen in time, even though they were protected by Korra's um, dome there. Well, Ariel didn't look any older. Right. So maybe she was. Or she could have been hanging out in Neverland. True. And in fact, Sarah asked the same question and suggested that same basic things. Maybe she was frozen in time or maybe she's been in Neverland this whole time. Did you? um, I might have been seeing things, but when Ariel came up out of the water, did her skin look like she was still going through a portal? Mm. Like as she was surfacing? I don't know. Her fins kind of glow. Maybe it was just some of that glow or some of the glow off the water. No, we didn't see her face. I mean, her fins. We just saw her face. And I thought I heard like um, a portal sound. Like it was a kind of noise when she came up out of the water. And I thought I Hmm. saw some like shifty blueness on her skin. Well, how does a mermaid travel between realms? I don't know. Is this like a joke? Maybe it's it's like... (laughs) Maybe, maybe they, maybe the surface of the water is like one gigantic portal and you can think about a place when you go in and out of the water 
But only a mermaid could do that. But only a mermaid could do that. Maybe it's that. Or maybe maybe they do it some other way. Maybe they have pearls. Maybe they have an underwater like portal that's always open, kind of like the fairies have in the flower. And Rumpel did know, (laughs) though, that they could travel between the worlds. He's been familiar with that, which I think gives more support back to that idea when he said only a mermaid could get the squid ink or Rumpelstiltskin. True. So maybe he has some other way of getting squid ink that other than the mermaids traveling between worlds. How come Rumpelstiltskin seems so out of his element? That's twice now he's been led to the water's edge where someone picked up a shell and he's like, <laughs> uh, what are you going to do with that? Because yeah. I don't have any good ideas. <laughs> and yeah, they're like, he... no, no, dark one. Let me educate you. Here's what we're going to do. What is this, amateur hour? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Amanda asked a good question saying, I'm wondering if Ariel always has to answer to Regina when called. I I don't know. I think I think she realizes that Regina's the only one who can give her, her voice back. So she would come when Regina calls. Or maybe it's just like the mermaid call and Ariel answered it or no i think dialing she actually, someone's number kind of. i she think wanted she a particular actually, mermaid i think i actually saw her mouth ariel okay and she was saying something else so maybe she was communicating and making like like a broad announcement to <laughs> everywhere and and but it was only about ariel did you call regina abroad no <laughs> david points out that he says i think now that ariel is in the picture that this may set up the story for all the characters to travel back to Enchanted Forest. We now have two characters who have the ability to travel between realms, Ariel and Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell? Uh, I don't know. I think she was brought to Neverland. But he says, I believe at some point of the show that these two will work together and get the residents of Storybrooke back home. Everybody Tinker- hold your breath. breath. Well, if you think about she Tinkerbell, magic. she was kind of an orphan. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Um, Maybe Pan brought her to Neverland because she was an orphan. Right. Maybe she heard the music. Although he was only bringing lost boys. Yeah. She's a fairy, so maybe he thought she'd be useful. So Prince Eric is in Storybrooke. We haven't seen him yet, clearly. But I wonder, like I said in the initial reactions, whether maybe he's working at the cannery. I bet he's a fisherman. I'm betting he's a fisherman. That would be, yeah. That would be a great irony irony to this because Regina makes people, made them into something that's quite opposite of what they are. But we will have a spoilers bit from Hunter after the music in this podcast. So maybe you'll find out from that if you stick around for it, what is going to happen next. Will we get to see Storybrooke? I'm thinking we will get to see Storybrooke from this because they need to go retrieve this thing. We'll get to see Ariel reunite with Mm -hmm. her prince. We'll get to see if Belle's the mayor. Yeah, Belle for me. And we'll probably get to see if, maybe we'll get to see if Belle's actually been going to Neverland or not, but yeah. I don't think she Oh, has. yeah, if she's aware of it in any way. Yeah. But a lot of things, cool things coming for Once Upon a Time. Please remember to send us your feedback, your theories and such. After each episode that you see of Once Upon a Time, put the episode title in your email and send that to feedback at oncepodcast.com. You can also call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or send a voice message through the website oncepodcast.com. We're now finished with, wow, what a long discussion of this episode. 
of Once Upon a Time, I think one of our longest discussions since the uh, the finale of one of the seasons. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us for this amount of time. You can comment on the show notes to respond to anything we talked about in this episode by going to oncepodcast.com slash 119. Also, thank you to everyone who left kind reviews and ratings for us in iTunes by going to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. NSA Vides or Vides and Quibbler from Canada, Vidi George from the United States of America, M. Henry Losero from the United States of America, Lazy Droid from the United Kingdom, and Brazen24 from the USA. Thank you so much for your iTunes reviews. They encourage us and they help other people find the podcast too. And if you haven't left a review for us, please consider leaving a kind review at oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. Also, follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Jenny. And you can follow me at Twitter.com slash Jenny Snow. And remember to vote in the podcast awards over at OncePodcast.com slash podcast awards. Until next time, you want to follow the evil munchkins dirt trail? Be my guest. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Hi, Oncers. Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for Once Podcast. Season 3, Episode 7, Dark Hollow, is directed by Guy Furland and written by Andrew Chambliss and Catalina Vasquez. The ABC official press release states Mr. Golden Regina sent Ariel back to Storybrooke with an item that will allow Belle to locate a hidden artifact that could help take down Pan. But, unbeknownst to them, two men have broken into the town with an intent to stop them, at all costs. Meanwhile, Emma, Neil and Hook attempt to find Dark Hollow, where Peter Pan's shadow dwells, in order to capture it, and Mary Margaret is still upset with David for keeping his poisoning a secret from her. All our favorite storybook characters are back this week. This episode will also guest star Freya Tingley as Wendy, James Imicus as Keychain, and Matt Kane as Glasses. Did you watch the promo? We do learn a thing or two. Ariel Portal jumps and her legs work, and something is going on down in the mind. Who is holding the gun towards Belle and Ariel? Oh, and it looks like there's some sort of shadow fight going on in Neverland. Looking ahead, I did see some set photos, so I don't know if it's real or just a dream, but it looks like the Charmings and company do get rescued. The photo shows the Jolly Roger docked back in Storybrooke with the Charming family. All of them, Emma, Henry, Mary, Margaret, and David, with, I think it's Hook, surrounded by the dwarfs and Mother Superior. Don't worry, Regina makes it back, too. I do not know who, but a beloved character will die this season. The cast was filming at St. Mary's Church in West Vancouver. Could this be the funeral scene? 
Well, that's all I have for you today. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. Until next time, oncers.